Hey, we've been doing a series, uh, Go Big. And uh, in a sense, we realize, man, this is a prophetic word to us in the midst of a world that is kind of closed in and got small. Why, uh, God's call to us is, come on, break out of that. Come on, let's go big. But, but I want to say kind of it, it's not just a random prophetic word. We actually believe that in a sense that is always true. There's always a call to go big. In fact, in our in equippers, we state our values as a set of heartbeats. Um, the acronym HEART, and in the middle of it, A, is we committed to this value, the kingdom is always advancing. So in a sense, Go Big just shines a spotlight on, man, you need to recover this truth, which is always true, especially right now, but, but kind of it needs to be grounded in the fact that this is always true of the kingdom. And, and so to, today I want to look at why is that? You know, it's only a few more weeks until Easter, and I know we're going to do a couple of weeks talking about the cross, but I want to kind of jump forward this morning, and I want us to think about Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, because it's because of that that the kingdom is always going to be advancing. It's because of that that we have no other choice but to know this thing is going to go big. Whether we are on board or not, it's going big because Jesus rose from the dead and something has been launched. And so the, mess, the title of my message today is Get Ready, Get Ready, Get Ready. Because I believe we need to get ready that things are going to go big, that this thing is going to grow, that the kingdom is going to advance. And, and just before I talk about about some things that, are, that we need to get ready for. I want to set the scene to sense the weight of what happened so we understand why this thing is going to go big. So let me just, let me say four things around why the resurrection of Jesus is so important, why it's so significant, why, why we can't have any other option but to feel like I'm going to have to get ready for something to explode in my world. I'm going to have to get ready for this thing to go big because I understand the significance. So quickly, just four things. First thing about this, about the resurrection was this, it was the validation of Jesus's claims. I don't know if you know this, but Jesus was executed because of the charge of blasphemy. In Mark 14, 61 to 64, in his trial, it says, Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him this question, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? This was Jesus' response, I am. And you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one and coming on the clouds of heaven. At this, the high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses? He said, you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? Their response, they all condemned him this, as worthy of death. Jesus was executed because of the claims he made about himself. Three days later, when he rose from the dead, in fact, when it says, when God raised him from the dead, everyone realized that God had reversed the verdict on the, on the charges against him. God was saying, no, he was entitled to make those claims. No, he is who he said he was. And so in Acts 2, the apostle Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, verse 23, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you with the help of wicked men put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God... But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Fast forward down to the conclusion of his message, verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. 
something was vindicated, something was launched, that this person was not just a random, a first century Jewish teacher. He was not even a Jewish prophet. He was Lord and Messiah, and Jesus backed his claims by raising him from the dead. It's no uh, surprise then, verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? We have made a big mistake. But on Easter Sunday, it's clear Jesus Christ has been validated, has been vindicated by God that he is who he claimed to be. He's Lord and Messiah, God in the flesh. Because of that, we can't have any other expectation than to get ready that something big is going to happen out of this. But not only was it a vindication of his claims, number two, it was a victory over every power. Colossians 1.15, Paul says this, Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, talking about our humanity since the children, meaning humans have flesh and blood. Jesus too shared in the humanity. Why? So that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Again, 2 Timothy 1.10. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, this, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light. Not only was Jesus vindicated, but every other spiritual power was destroyed, was humiliated, was broken. And, and, and people have been set free. And so because of that, we're like, let's get ready, get ready, get ready, because something big is going to happen, because nothing can hold people in bondage anymore. Fear can't hold them. Shame can't hold them. Sin can't hold them. Death can't hold them. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, every power has been destroyed. So, so of course, we're going to get ready for something big. Because something has been launched in our world. Not only was Jesus vindicated, not only were the powers destroyed, but thirdly, something of a new humanity was launched. Uh, again, lots, sorry, lots of verses today, but 1 Corinthians 15, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who died. It's like he's the first of a new kind of human being. He's the first of a new wave of spiritual renewal throughout this world. He's the first as we wait for the full thing to come. But of course, we're going to have to get ready. This thing is going to go big because it wasn't just that Jesus rose. It wasn't just that he destroyed the power of the devil. He launched a new humanity. And, and as soon as we pray and invite him into our hearts, we're born again. We're part of this new thing that God's doing and, and it's gonna spread and it has spread all around the world. And if so, of course, it's gonna go big. Um, it goes on to say, as an Adam all die, so in Christ all are made alive. Man, there is new life that's now been ignited. There is new life that's spreading out, that's touching homes and individuals and families and, and schools and suburbs and businesses and, and cities and nations. Because of Easter Sunday, this thing is going big. But not only was Jesus vindicated, not only were the powers of darkness destroyed, not only was a new humanity launched, but that same power is put inside of people for Christian living. You know, I love the, the Apostle Paul. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. That same power that, that raised Jesus from the dead. Think of what that had to break through. Every claim of Satan, every hold of the devil, every power, it couldn't stop it. That same power is available in your life right now today. 
So again, because of that, it's like, man, I'm going to have to get ready, get ready, get ready, because something's going to go big, because the, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now at work in my life. That's never going to be a small thing. That's never going to be a contained thing. That's never going to be a restrained thing. Because of what it took to raise Jesus from the dead, that power's at work in me. Uh, you know, that, that's what baptism symbolizes. Colossians 2, we're buried, verse 12, we're buried with him in baptism and we're raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When people get baptized and they come out of the water, they say, man, on, on the claims of Jesus who destroyed every power of darkness, I'm now stepping into new life. But that life is a powered life, an empowered life with the same power that broke Jesus out of the tomb on Easter Sunday. And it's like, man, this thing is gonna go big. I need to get ready for this. And so Paul, when he prays for Christians, Ephesians 1, I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Yes, yeah, so that you may know the hope to which he's called you. Yeah, you may know the riches of his glorious inheritance, but this, this is the third thing he'd pray for you, that you would know his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty power he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. This thing is never going to ha have a cap on it. This thing is never going to be limited. This thing is never going to be sealed. It's never going to be small. It's never going to be constrained because the same power that vindicated Jesus, that destroyed the power of darkness, that launched a new humanity is now at work in your and my hearts. And so that's really the significance of, of Easter Sunday, of, of Jesus' resurrection. Resurrection is an inflection moment in history. It's a change moment. Something has changed. Jesus is now established as Lord. The devil is defeated. A new humanity is unleashed. And the power of God is at work in us. And as soon as I realize that, it's like, man, I need to get ready, get ready, get ready. Because I need to have an expectation. This thing is going to go big. So I just want to talk about four things that we need to get ready for. Okay? Number one, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready for encounter. Um, I love, you know, Matthew 28. When after Jesus' resurrection, the first things that happen is people have encounters with the risen Christ. So Matthew 28, 8 to 10. So the woman hurried from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, ran to his disciples. Suddenly, just such simple words, Jesus met them. Because of resurrection, I'm getting ready that people are going to meet Jesus. We're not here to teach religious principles. We're not a self-improvement plan. We're just an environment where people have encounters with Jesus. I need to get ready for fresh encounters. I need to expect that people in my world, I'm, I'm praying for them, not that they'll decide to turn their life around. I'm praying that they'll meet Jesus. I'm praying that they'll have encounters with Jesus. I need to get ready that there's going to be encounters. You know, so often at the end of the Gospels, it's the same. John 20, 19 and 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together and the doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. Man, no wall, no obstacle can stop Jesus arriving in someone's world. And so that's my hope. That's my expectation people that I know who I desperately want to, to, to find hope and life, that Jesus would arrive in their world. 
that they would meet Jesus. John 20, a bit later on, verse 26, a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Man, maybe, maybe you haven't had that experience yet. I'm praying even in your home right now, you would find like, man, there's someone here. There's this presence of peace. And I want to say that's Jesus. Because of resurrection, he's alive. We're not a religious program. We gathered around a living person. Now, one of my uh, favorite authors is, uh, is N.T. Wright. He was a, he's a um, kind of professor of you know, first century Christianity, the life of Jesus, life of Paul. But he was also an Anglican bishop. So he's like, I, I study the Jesus of history. I understand what was going on at his time. But, but I also minister this living Jesus who's here right now. And he has this beautiful passage in um, one of his books. It just says, a, and I want to read a bit. It's a bit long, but I, it's a really beautiful passage about what that means that we're not just studying an historical figure. We're not just following principles. We're meeting a person. This is what he said. It's been inherent in Christianity from the beginning that the believer knows Christ. Jesus as the good shepherd knows his sheep and his own sheep know him. This is regularly described in terms borrowed from ordinary interpersonal relationships. Believers are aware of Jesus' presence, his love, his guidance, his consolation, his rebuke, and even perhaps his laughter. They are aware of being in touch with a personality that's recognizable, distinct, frequently puzzling and unpredictable, always loving and lovable, powerful and empowering, loyal and calling forth loyalty goes on to say, at the same time as with any relationship, there can be problems, misunderstandings, and difficulties. Almost all Christians report experiencing from time to time a sense of distance or even apparent withdrawal of Jesus' presence. Christian teachers have long recognized this may happen through one or a combination of various factors. But equally, after the waiting again and again comes fresh knowledge. And I love that he says, it's not just belief in commas. It's natural to say, I believe it's raining when indoors with the curtains shut, but it would be odd to say it except an irony standing on a hillside in a downpour. For many Christians, much of the time, knowing Jesus is more like the latter, being drenched in his love than the challenge of his call, not merely imagining we hear him like raindrops on a distant window pane. Because he's risen, because he's alive, I get ready for encounters. Unexpected moments, Jesus arrives. Unexpected moments, Jesus ministers to us. He speaks words. He brings his comfort. He brings his peace. Um, and, and he goes on to say, you know, what does it mean to know someone? Things we're used to each other. We can anticipate how the other will react. We accurately assess their wishes, hopes, and fears. I learn to recognize his presence, that presence of peace that presence of comfort, that presence of love, that presence of inspiration. Oh, here he is again. He's just stepped into my world. Sounds a bit crazy. Um, N.T. Wright unpacks this like this. When, when someone claims to know Jesus of Nazareth in this sense, they're making a claim about other things as well. The existence of, an, in a sense, another world, a, another world outside our space-time continuum, the existence of Jesus within that world, the possibility of presently alive human beings having access to that world, and of this being particularly true in their case. They are claiming more particularly to know one person in a particular, a distinctive and a recognizable person within that world 
and that person is identified as Jesus. That knowledge is what many people, myself included, are referring to when we say we know Jesus by faith. Because Jesus rose from the dead, I'm getting ready, get ready, get ready, that I'm going to be, I'm going to be encountering him. And I pray this morning, even sitting in your room, something, something might awaken in your heart. You might have the sense, man, it's real. He's here. I can feel that smile, that love, that comfort, that peace, that reassurance. That's a real person who rose from the dead 2,000 years ago and lives as Lord and King right now and can live in my heart. So I'm getting ready for encounter, and I'm getting ready that people in my world are going to have encounters. But I'm also getting ready for transformation. And I want to say again, get ready, get ready, get ready for transformation. You know, Paul had an encounter. It's recorded in Acts 9. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground had a, and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus. Again, Saul had an unexpected encounter with this risen Christ, Jesus. And so that changed Paul's life. But, but the thing that Paul came to know, that that wasn't just an encounter out there with someone else. It was an encounter that would change his life. And so Paul in 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, And we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, or we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Every encounter I have with Jesus is not just a is just not an information, it's a transformation. I am changed by it. And so because of that, I expect I get ready, get ready, get ready for transformation. I get ready that things are going to change in my world. I get ready that ceilings are no longer going to hold me down. Bondages are going to no longer hold me and keep me in prison. Things are going to change. Things are going to shift. I get ready for transformation. I expect change in my life and people's lives. Why? Because of the resurrection of Jesus, because of his resurrection power. Because of the significance of Easter Sunday, I'm not bound by my past. I'm not bound by my mistakes. I'm not bound by my family of origin history. There's a transformation happening. And I'm getting ready for transformation because of Easter Sunday. You know, Philippians 3.10, Paul's great prayer is this, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Yeah, I am having encounters but that power is changing me. Something new is coming to life. Something fresh is emerging in my world. Something is breaking out of the confines that I've always lived with. Things I thought I would never get free from. I'm stepping out of them now into a transformed lifestyle because of the power of his resurrection. And again, as I said, this is the message of baptism. I'm buried with him in baptism, Colossians 2.12, and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. I'm expecting new life. I'm expecting, this wasn't just a little prayer where I raised my hand and prayed a prayer. This was the beginning of a transformation. My world is going to go big. My life is going to go big. The impact of this thing is going to go big. I'm going to get ready, get ready, get ready for transformation because of resurrection, because of Easter Sunday. So we need to get ready for encounter. We need to get ready for transformation. But we also, number three, we need to get ready for empowerment. 
You know, one of the, one of the things that happens, particularly in the, the book of Luke and Acts, Acts is volume two, is, is that Luke's like, you guys need to get ready for something that's about to hit your lives. Yeah, you've encountered the risen Christ. Yeah, you've experienced his transforming work. But something is going to come on you that's going to empower your life. And so in Acts 2, verse uh, 32, God raised this Jesus to life. Yeah, there's his resurrection. And we are witnesses of that. Yeah, we had the encounters. Yeah, now he's exalted to the right hand of God. And because of that, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. It's like the events. Yeah, they start with Good Friday, Jesus' death on the cross. They, they, they lead to Easter Sunday, his resurrection from the dead. But actually the climax comes 50. 50 days later when he says, now I pour that spirit out on you and you're going to know supernatural increase. You're going to know supernatural empowerment. You're going to do things you never could do in your natural strength. You're going to say things you would never say in your natural ability because I'm just not leaving you to outwork this thing in your own strength. I'm going to put the Holy Spirit's power on your life. And because of the significance of, of Easter Sunday, it's like, get ready, get ready, get ready for empowerment. Get ready for an encounter, not just with the person of Jesus, but with the person and power of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus, when he, when he broke the power of uh, sin and death, when he came out of the grave, when he ascended to be Lord in Christ, the thing that he did was he said, let me pour power into your world. So I'm going to get ready for empowerment. People who are struggling with stuff in life, I'm, I'm expecting God's power is going to hit them and they're going to find a power to get free. They're going to ha- find a power to go big in their own world. They're going to find a power to dream larger, extend the, court, the their tent, to go out, to do more, to go big. Why? Because I'm expectant. I'm getting ready that the risen Christ has poured out his Holy Spirit. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, not just for encounter. Get ready, get ready, not just for transformation. Get ready, get ready, get ready for empowerment. So, of course, this thing's going to go big. You know, when um, in Acts 1, uh, 8, when, when, the Holy, when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And I love this. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Not, it's not like... You try to make this happen. You try and do this. No, you're just gonna, it's just going to happen because of the power. You can't stop this thing going big. Because when the power hits you, it's like an explosion that launches this, this compression wave that's going to send people into all parts of this world, that's going to impact every part of their life. So it's like, man, I'm, I need to get ready, get ready, get ready. I pray that somehow the Holy Spirit puts this excitement in your spirit. We mark this day in a few weeks, Easter Sunday. But it's true every day. It's true every Sunday. It's true now. That's why we're going big, because we're getting ready for encounter. We're getting ready for transformation, but we're also getting ready for empowerment. Now, the fourth thing that happens uh, in, after the resurrection is this. You need to get ready, get ready, get ready for commission. And that's found at the end of Matthew 28. It says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. There's their encounter. They met him. Jesus came to them, and this is what he communicates to them. It wasn't about encounter at that point. It wasn't about the transformation. It wasn't about the empowerment they were to experience. It was this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples, again, the scale, the bigness of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And surely, truly, definitely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. You want to you get ready, get ready, get ready for an encounter with Jesus. He's going to bring his presence. He's going to bring his peace. He's going to bring his healing. You want to get ready, get ready for transformation. He's going to change your life. He's going he's to put that power at work in you to, 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 to make something brand new and fresh and alive and beautiful out of your life. You want to get ready, get ready for an empowerment. You're going to feel this power of the Holy Spirit that equips you to be and do more than you ever imagined. But you want to get ready, get ready, get ready that he's going to come and he's going to meet you and he's not just going to comfort you, he's going to commission you. And the ultimate reason why we're going big is because he has an agenda in this world. And he's defeated every other power and he's been established as the Lord of this world. And he's poured out his Holy Spirit to empower his church and he's given his resurrection power to transform his church. And now he's saying, come on guys, there's a job to do. I commission you. I commission you. I commission you. We can't help but go to go big because there's a commission. Yeah, to reach your neighbor, to reach your workplace, but ultimately to reach every suburb, every school, every business, to reach every city of this nation, to reach every nation of this world. And, and we can't help but to go big. So I'm going to have to get ready, get ready, get ready for a commission. The sense of going big is right back in Isaiah, the prophetic call about this child. For to us a child is born, to us a son is, son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You're going to encounter him as that. But there's a whole other world that needs to encounter him as that. And because of this, it just says, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He's going to, he wants the whole world to know that they can experience encounter. He wants the whole world to know they can experience transformation. He wants the whole world to know they can experience empowerment. So he commissions his church. Go and make known that this risen Christ is available to everybody. Go and make known that his transforming power is available. Go and make known that his empowering presence of the Holy Spirit is now here. Go and let them know that Jesus was raised and vindicated, that the power of Satan was destroyed, that a new humanity was launched, and that God's power is now available. Another translation of the increase of His government and peace. There will be no end. In Psalm 110, God says this, promises this to Jesus. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. And your troops will be willing on your day of battle. Arrayed in holy splendor, your young men and young women will come to you. And God the Father has promised this Jesus, whom he raised from the dead, who he exalted to his right hand, who he gave the promise of the Holy Spirit to pour out. God has promised this Jesus that your kingdom is going big and that there's going to be a whole lot of people who get that. And who say, Jesus, I want to partner with you. I'm up for this. I feel not only your comfort, but I feel your commission. And Jesus, I want, I, I want to serve you all the days of my life. Because there's nothing more exciting. What's the conclusion? We're talking about go big. 
It's not a random kind of thing to try and hype us up at the start of the year. It's not even just a prophetic word that's, that's important for us to get right now. It's actually a timeless truth of the nature of God's kingdom. This thing is going big. Because he rose from the dead, we need to get ready, get ready, get ready for encounter. We need to get ready, get ready, get ready for transformation. We need to get ready, get ready, get ready for empowerment. And we need to get ready, get ready, get ready for commissioning. Hey, I'd love to pray for you. Why don't you invite you maybe close your eyes, raise your hands. Wherever you are, because this man rose from the dead 2,000 years ago, he's there with you right now. In his heart, it's for you to know his presence, as N.T. Wright said. Not knowing about it, but like standing in the downpour of rain, going, it's raining. Standing in the presence of Jesus, going, Jesus, you're real. And I pray that Jesus encounters you right now. In areas where you're stuck, you'd feel things begin to shift because of his transforming power. You're feeling like you can't do it in your own strength. You'd feel Jesus put his hand on you and impart the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus would pour his Holy Spirit into you. And then you'd experience the dignity that you're not a victim, you're not being bypassed, but you're commissioned by the God of heaven to go and take this good news. And I pray there'd be a sense that Jesus says, hey, you can make a difference in your world. You can make a difference in your family. You can bring hope again. You can share hope with people that are hopeless. You can break the chains of people's lives. You can help them find this truth. And so it goes, and the, the, baton, the baton gets passed, and this thing inevitably goes big. I pray that God would put in your spirit, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Because of Easter Sunday, because of the resurrection of Jesus, there is hope. We're going big. Hey, I pray somehow you're blessed and encouraged this morning as you just reflect on the significance of Easter Sunday and the expectation we have in our heart because of that. God bless.